Right now, we turn our attention to a chat with Christine. We're talking about Superintendent Christine Tucci Osorio. She is the Superintendent of Schools for District 622. And welcome back. We've missed you. Thank you, Freddie. No, we've talked for so many weeks about COVID and how schools are responding. How would you feel if we changed up the topic a little bit this week? Let's do that. You know, I'm sick of COVID anyway, and I think everybody else is. So let's talk about something else. Okay, did you watch the presidential debate? How about that? I did. You know, I got to be honest. I uh, almost wish I hadn't. And it was kind of like a train wreck. You can't turn yourself away, but like you keep looking. <laughs> that's how. <laughs> that's kind of how I felt about it. It was. I, it's like nothing we've ever seen before. What a disaster. I, I was listening to, uh, or watching, I should say, George Stephanopoulos, and at the end of it, he goes, the worst debate in history. <laughs> I heard that, too. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I just can't even imagine. <laughs> no. It was really an essay in how not to conduct a debate and how to conduct your, or the comportment that you should have uh, with a debate when you're going, especially on a world stage like that. Absolutely. And, you know, we work with young people and debate teams and debate clubs. And, boy, that was not a good model of following any debate rules. So, yeah, exactly. not, not good. <laughs> so now here we sit 32 days into the election. And now we see the news this morning about uh, the president and Melania Trump both uh, being tested positive for COVID-19, along with uh, Hope Hicks, who is a close personal advisor to the president. And I tweeted out this morning that I'm really concerned about the local journalists and public officials who were in close proximity to the president on his most recent trip right after that debate here in the Twin Cities. So when we hear things like this and uh, 32 days out from the election, does it have any uh, ancillary effect on the on schools? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, and I'll be honest, you know, that news broke really late last night and all of a sudden my phone starts pinging. My kids are all older, but they're in a group chat, and they're like, oh, my goodness, Trump has COVID. And then I was like, what is everybody texting so late at night about? And it woke me up. So, yeah, I mean, that is shocking, stunning news. And, and I'll be honest, um, I think it throws even more uncertainty into all of this. I just, I, my, my mind's been reeling since this morning just thinking about that. But, you know, I'll tell you, uh, elections really do affect schools. And honestly, personally, I feel like this is the most important election of our lifetime. But, of course, I think I felt that way the last time. I mean, it feels like every time we have a presidential election, especially in these modern times. Um, but I'll say, you know, in our school district, a number of our schools are actually polling locations. So last year when we built the school calendar for this year, we actually decided to make today, or I mean not today, election day, a non-school day for students. Mm -hmm. And we, it's for a couple of reasons. One is that... Um, you know, with school safety these days, you don't want a lot of public people walking through your schools without some ability to screen them all. And you just can't do that while running a school and, and all of that. So, you know, just the safety of having a lot of the public, you know, schools open to public during the day while students are there and school safety. So that was one of the reasons. And then also our elections have just become so contentious mm -hmm. that it really, you know, thank goodness we haven't had major incidents here in Minnesota at polling locations. But it sure is a concern of ours, and we just do not want our students around that in case there's, you know, any tension or, you know, conflicts that may show up at a polling location. So that was really important to us this year. And so we rearranged our calendar. And I think a lot of districts started to do that, you know, after the last election as well. So have you had any concerns with the student interaction with the voters at any of your facilities? You know, I will say this. Um, 
We haven't experienced political conflict at all, but I will never forget one election day in particular. Um, our school was just packed full of community members and who were there to vote, of course. And in the middle of all that, one of our students had a medical emergency. And the situation, of course, was really scary. The student actually, their heart stopped. It was quite a scary situation. And... Um, we, to try to get the paramedics into the school, now you, you have already packed school parking from the staff that are there, and then you have all this voter parking that's also, you know, clogging up the, the parking lots and everything, and then in the middle of it, trying to bring an ambulance through, and um, mm. literally resuscitating a student in the middle of a voting polling location, I will never forget that, and, you know, that, that right there was an example of just... Um, how challenging it is. I mean, you you have a student who's already in medical um, distress and you've got a bunch of students you're working to deal with, but then you had these gawking public of voters and people trying to worry about what's happening as well. And it was quite a mess. It's definitely, thankfully, the student pulled through healthy, beautiful, beautiful ending to that story. But I'll never forget that polling day. And I remember thinking then, my gosh, I'm not sure we should be having school on election days. Wow. Especially when we're polling sites. Exactly. Everybody, we're talking with Superintendent Christine Tucci-Osorio from School District 622. So it sounds like that was really an experience. What else would you share with us about the election this morning? You know, my best advice is get involved. As I said, I think this election is so important. And I I really, we work hard to try to help our young people um, get involved with democracy. Um, So one thing I've been telling absolutely everybody I know, especially some young people who've never voted before, but, you know, if you're not registered to vote, or even if you're not sure if you're registered, uh, you can check online. You know, I moved since my last, uh, the, the last major election, and I went on to look to see if I was registered, and I wasn't registered at my, my current address. And so I will tell you, I just Googled it. How do I vote in Minnesota? And all these resources come up. You can fill it out right online. Mm-hmm. You can even order an absentee ballot sent to your home if you don't want to go in person to the polling sites. And um, I literally was just on the website a few days ago, and I was amazed at how easy it is. So even if you're like, I'm not sure if I'm registered, I don't, I've don't. i been a while since I voted, just Google it. It's, it's really easy to figure that out. Another really cool way to get involved is to sign up to be an election judge. Did you know that you only need to be 17 in Minnesota to be an election judge? You're not even old enough to vote, but you can be an election judge. And it's really cool. In many situations, you get paid to do it. And I know um, I've been telling a lot of young people I see who are juniors and seniors in high school and and um, beyond, you know, go do this. It's one day and you'll get trained and then you will have a really cool thing to put on your resume. I mean, at that age, how fun is that? It's kind of a long day. I think you have to sign up and be there for quite a while. But what a great experience. And, you know, it helps our our folks to get really involved in protecting our democracy, understanding our democracy. And I just and and it's not just young people. They need election judges for all ages. And um, from what I understand, there's there's a little bit of a shortage this year because people are concerned about COVID and not wanting to be there. A lot of times you'll see retirees um, being those election judges. But a lot of folks, because of COVID, are staying at home. So I think there's a real need out there for election judges. So look into that. Absolutely. Everybody, Christine Tucci-Osorio with us this morning. And I noticed that there is a district in the southern metro that was not allowing students to wear Black Lives Matters T-shirts and so forth. What is the policy of 622? You know, that is such a great question. I've been I've been talking a lot about that with other superintendents. Um, we do allow Black Lives Matter um, shirts. And actually, my school board just had a conversation recently about um, potentially 
getting organized and putting a Black Lives Matter poster at the entrance of every one of our schools. Um, so I have a very different scenario going on in my district. But what it really comes down to, and even in that district in the southern in the southern metro, it comes down to I think in their case that they um, they have a policy. And this is what people need to do is check your own policies for your own school district. This is for staff and, and students, but um, a lot, some districts have policies that say they can't display political information on T-shirts or in classrooms or what have you, like, um, you know, political sides. And, and this is where I differ with the idea. I personally don't, and I, I would bet many believe that a Black Lives Matter T-shirt is not political, um, in my opinion, because Black Lives do matter. Uh, in our schools, this is just my perspective, we have all our welcome here, the rainbow signs, you know, to support our LGBTQ community. We have those posted. And in my opinion, this shouldn't be different than that. You know, if all are welcome here supporting LGBTQ, why wouldn't we say Black Lives Matter? But there are those who view it as a political um, topic, a political issue. Um, and and un- that's unfortunate, in my opinion, uh, very unfortunate. But I think that is that's the line they're towing and that's the um the rationale for not allowing that in their school district but i think what's true in any school district is and this is not just true for black lives matters um uh shirts and and signs but just any kind of like you know political advertising of pro candidate or whatever um and you know we had a conversation in my district about whether um you know a bus driver could wear a maga hat and we kind of checked all our policies and the truth is we have no policy in my district against that. Um, but, you know, I did, uh, there was somebody who wrote in the dust on the side of a school bus, M-A-G-A. <laughs> and we said, that is not allowable because that's our district property. You don't get a chance to mess with that. But right. we've right. had a lot of conversations about those pieces. Well, a lot of ground we covered this morning. Do you have a final thought? We're just about out of time. Yes. All I can say, this election is far too important to sit out. So please take time to vote. Google it. How do I vote? And you will figure it out. And if you don't know, ask someone. We just really need every single voice out there right now. Thank you for being with us this morning. Always a pleasure. Thank you.